This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. Our response, The Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Rob Carson Show. I am here uh, trying to uh, be a full voice, but, uh, you know, I, don't know, I got some sort of, I got sort of, some sort of funk. I have, uh, I've been really healthy since I got COVID after going to the most uh, vaccinated city in America. Uh, you know, I went to New York City for uh, last December and, I, and I'm, I'm assured that everybody there, there's no COVID there because everybody's vaccinated and they got the vaccine uh, passport and the whole deal. You got to have one to get around in the whole deal. And, uh, and so I go there and then I come back and lo and behold, I get COVID. This is kind of funny. Well, my wife, you know, last night uh, I've been wheezing and coughing and sneezing and all this stuff. And, and uh, she's like, are you sure it's not COVID? You know, uh, I hate to tell you this, but there's other stuff in the world that's not COVID. All right. You, you can sneeze and not have COVID. All right. You can, you can, uh, uh, you can sniffle. You can have junk in your lungs and it cannot be COVID. Everything doesn't have to be COVID. Maybe you don't realize this, but there were like, uh, uh, 60,000 hospitalizations for, uh, I believe it, it's kind of, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly what the stat was, but like 60,000 people hospitalized for flu in uh, 2019. And then all of a sudden when COVID came along, nobody had the flu anymore. Well, guess what? COVID didn't knock out the flu. All right. Flu still exists. And oddly enough, this fall, they're saying, oh, flu is going to be much worse. You know, shut up. Just shut, 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 shut up. Just so tired of this nonsense. Yeah, okay, I got a cold. Maybe it's a cold. I don't care. I got my sense of taste. Got my sense of smell. Doesn't feel like COVID because I know what COVID feels like. If you had COVID, everybody's got different symptoms, by the way. I remember, remember when uh, they were, they were, you know, it could be anything. There were some things like uh, a guy had his leg amputated. Oh, God, dang, he must have had COVID. It really was that bad. They're talking about all this stupid crap about having COVID, what it means. Well, your sperm count's going to drop. Okay, great. Now, what else next? Well, it could be this and that and this and that. You, you know, you might have a horn grow out of your head. Uh, it's COVID, honestly. Just, it, it doesn't, it's not COVID. It doesn't feel like COVID. And guess what? I'm not going to get tested for COVID. There you go. So anyway, how's your day going otherwise? You know, you, 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 sometimes you... Uh, when, when things don't go your way, I, I can understand, you know, there have been times in my life where you're kind of like, why, why am I being tested like this? When I had to sell used cars for, or not used, I sold new cars too. But I had to sell cars for a while because I couldn't, uh, you know, radio, talk radio for some odd reason. Didn't think I was, uh, 
you know, able to do a talk radio show, you know, whatever. Uh, and so I had to sell cars for a while. And then uh, Chris Ruddy came along and said, hey, man, you're really good. Let's make a radio show and a TV show for you. Okay, cool. But there's some times you kind of question, you know, I kind of look up at the sky and go, why am I selling used cars? Why do I have to do this? And this week it was kind of like that. I had some things going on in the computer. My, my printer suddenly just literally a puff of a toner. Uh, just out of nowhere, all and toner everywhere. What the hell is toner made of? Once you have you have one, it's like it's like cockroaches. You see one, if you move something, there will be a lot more cockroaches under it. So I see this poof of uh, of powder from the printer for no reason, and and then all of a sudden it's all over everything. It's on my hands. I'm like I can't wash the toner off my hands, and then I lift the printer and it's everywhere. And then I'm like, what's going on? Then, then my computer goes haywire. And, uh, and I find out there are like 40,000 uh, malware things on my computer. I don't know where it came from, uh, you know, but when the mouse starts to move on its own and open programs on its own, it makes you kind of go, huh, what's going on? So all of that stuff, and I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes you'll get into a little pity party. I'm not prone to pity parties, but I'm kind of like, gosh dang it, what the hell? And, and then, and then uh, you know, I realize what's happening to Donald Trump and his family, and I'm like, I got nothing to complain about. I got nothing to complain about. Here's a, here's a family, Donald Trump. And listen, I, when Donald Trump ran for president, he was not my number one choice. I didn't know uh, Donald Trump. I knew he was on The Apprentice. I knew that he was a playboy from Washington, D.C. He had nothing in common with Donald Trump. I'm an entertainer. I am a, I am a, uh, a talk show host. I, I am from Iowa. I grew up fairly poor on a farm. I have no connection with this guy. And then he became the president, and I kind of went, oh, okay, well, you know, this could be good. And then I realized as his presidency went forward, holy crap, he's finally doing what we asked him to. More than George Bush, more than George Herbert Walker, more than uh, Barack Obama, more than Bill Clinton, more than any president in my life. He's this outsider, and he's giving him what fur. And I'm like, I like this guy. And then I began to realize as he was harangued, constantly from the day he came down the escalator i went i wonder why the people who i don't trust the most meaning the media hate him so much and then it became pretty obvious that the deep state which by the way is not only government agencies like the fbi the cdc the hhs the dhs the irs all of those are a cabal that live in Washington, D.C. to uh, enrich themselves and to persecute those who would speak out against them. They also work with the mainstream media and big social media. And every day that I learn more about it, I realize, wow, just wow, the, uh, the swamp between the government, Capitol Hill, uh, even state governments, the mainstream media and big social media is more corrupt than I could have ever, ever, ever imagined. And rather than being beaten down by it, rather than feeling bad about it, I'm just really done with it all. I'm just done uh, with Marcus of Queensbury rules when you are in an MMA fight, okay? Because that's what we normally do. And if, if you are down with, like, Kevin McCarthy, 
and Mitch McConnell, you can do that. You go over there and you just go, well, we'll just engage them with Marcus of Queensbury rules. As, uh, you know, cities are burning down, as they are uh, uh, opening up the southern border, as they are persecuting January 6th protesters, as they are persecuting Donald Trump, I'm just not going to take this crap anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be civil uh, I'm well. I, I'll be civil to some degree, but but honestly, if I am greeted with incivility, then the gloves are coming off. The gloves are coming off, and I have never defended someone. And and, and listen, it's funny. Uh, Liz Cheney, who got stomped by forty points in Wyoming because she went to Washington D.C. saying she was going to represent Wyoming, but she really was just a swamp dwelling creep like her father bedded down with the military-industrial complex. And I used to not feel that way about Dick Cheney. And then I did my research on Dick Cheney, and I realized he, and even George W. Bush, I remember I used to have all this this uh, this uh, great respect for George W. Bush. He stood on the uh, debris of uh, 9-11. He stood there in the World Trade Center. He delivered a speech. He spoke clearly for the first time. And then he threw out a pitch at a baseball game, and I was like, oh, man, oh, man. And then I went a little bit further and a little bit further, and I realized now he's pretty much down with everything, every swamp-dwelling career politician who's gone to Washington, D.C., has done in the last 50 years. Same old crap. Same old stuff. And Donald Trump comes into office, and I see, oh, my gosh, after studying this for many, many years, and and I began really, uh, really studying politics in about 1989. You know the story. I started writing for Rush Limbaugh, and I really became, uh, you know, very, very uh, conversant in politics and, and began to realize now it's going on, what, 33 years, that, you know, I'm right. I, I get it. I see through all of this nonsense, and I see that right now those in power – realize that they everything is on the line right now every one of their dreams is on the line right now every one of the uh, the dreams of the class of 1968 making us into a marxist utopia is all on the line right now that and also all of this cabal in washington dc that that uh, where by the way seven out of ten of the richest counties in america exist and by the way there are no manufacturing plants largely in washington dc no car manufacturing plants nothing it's all your money and they all realize that if Donald Trump succeeds and he changes Washington, D.C. like he began to do when he was a president the first time by getting rid of two regulations for every one new regulation, the only issue I had with Donald Trump was he was not a hawk on spending. He kept the spending going. But he was a hawk on defense. He was a hawk on trade. He was a hawk on China. He was a hawk on Russia. He did all of the things we said he was going to do, and he did it well. And the swamp hates it. And he has been uh, these absurd, I mean, to the point of just absolutely absurd attacks on him time and time again. The raid of Mar-a-Lago, it cannot be exaggerated in any way, shape, or form how profound raiding the home of an ex-president is by the FBI, which was involved in Hunter Biden's laptop cover-up before the election of 2020 and was involved with uh, Facebook covering it up and Twitter covering it up and in 2015 involved with Hillary Clinton to create a faux dossier of BS featuring a uh, Russian agent 
to try to throw the election. All of this has come together to make me realize everything that comes out now about Donald Trump is all bullcrap. This Letitia James, the AG of the state of New York, from the get-go, headed in for Donald Trump. She still says that he was not elected fairly. She is an election denier. She still is, and she ran on being an election denier. She ran on Donald Trump stealing the election, which is a lie. And I got to tell you, if you say anything about the 2020 election, you will be stricken. From Facebook, you will be stricken from Twitter and YouTube, and they've been doing it for years. But she was able to do it. This wretched, awful woman who is weaponizing the the legal system to go after someone she disagrees with from day one. Here is her. uh, This is the day that she was sworn in. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. Okay, she is assuming that there's some sort of criminality by him just existing. There is no trail of it whatsoever. By the way, for those who want to know, every single year in the state of New York, Donald Trump has been audited. It is punitive. It is meant to do exactly what they did at his home in Mar-a-Lago, to do a blanket search for anything, any line in the tax return that could take him down. That's been happening to him. It happens to Sean Hannity. It happened to Rush Limbaugh. That's why the hell he moved out of New York, by the way. To compromise our values and the trust and the safety of our state and our union. Because we know here in New York... Yeah, where crime is absolutely destroying the state where people are leaving in mass. And who succeeds by tearing others down, who gets rich off the backs of others. He hires a lot of people, unlike uh, Joe Biden. Whose hateful rhetoric is poisoning our democracy. I believe Joe Biden called us fascists and enemies of the democracy. Stands as an affront to all that I believe in. Yeah, well, you know what? You are an affront to uh, to uh, your office, my dear. Now, I've got a bunch of uh, thoughts on Letitia James. I've got some more uh, audio on this, audio from the Trump family, audio from uh, Adam Dershowitz. I'd love it if you'd call in as well, 800-922-6680. We've got this. We've got this uh, unbelievable gender transition uh, industry in the country that must be shut down now. It must be shut down now for the sake of our children. We will get to all of that. This, my friends, is a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. We the people are mad as hell. It's The Rob Carson Show. Trump and the Trump Organization repeatedly and persistently manipulated the value of assets to induce banks to lend money to the Trump organization on more favorable terms than... This is Letitia James, the AG of New York, who's a political tool. ...would otherwise have been available to the company. He did this with the help of the other defendants. Those evil children of his. His children. Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump. Yeah, you know, here's the the thing. If you're a a real estate baron like uh, Donald Trump who parlayed a million-dollar loan from his father into billions and billions of dollars in hotels and employment and taxes and all that stuff, uh, you know, you can't just lie to banks. 
Because here's the interesting thing. I'm on, okay, I'm going to be Donald Trump. I got my hair going here. Hello, bank. Uh, I am Donald Trump, and I want to borrow a half a billion dollars to build a casino. And the banks go, well, what do you have for uh, collateral? Well, I've got this property and this property and this property. I'm going to go ahead and say that Mar-a-Lago is worth a billion trillion dollars. Well, Mr. Trump, uh, if we're going to give you a half a billion dollars for a new casino, uh, we need to make sure that that, that uh, Mar-a-Lago is really worth a billion trillion dollars, like you just said. And uh, by the way, Donald Trump, whenever he did do a loan, he literally would tell the, the lenders, pursue your end of the deal on your own. You pursue your evaluation. Any good bank worth its, uh, you know, it, it, that's still in business does that with any transaction. Dear God in heaven, you tried to buy a house lately? I've bought five of them, all right? You, you, got it. you can't just make crap up. And so this is all specious. This is all nonsense. This is all political theater by a tool literally who ran on saying that Donald Trump wasn't elected illegal or legally in 2016, which was a lie, and then saying that as the AG to be elected in the state of New York, her goal would just be to go after one man. She didn't say any charges. She didn't say, here's the criminality. That's what she ran on. And if that's the country you want to live in, then go freaking live in that country, because that is acceptable. Because if you allow it to happen to this man, then it can happen to your rear end. It can happen to any of your candidates. If an AG runs with the sole purpose of just going after a person or a group of people they disagree with financially or uh, politically, then that is a sick, sick place to be. Because when you're on the wrong side, when you're on the receiving end, your life could become complete hell and you could probably end up in prison for nothing. I'm just done with this crap. I really am. Mar-a-Lago, two impeachments, both based on crap. A constant haranguing of the Trump family because the Democrat Party got their rear ends handed to them in 2016. They were able to come together and steal the 2020 election. That's something that talk show hosts around the country have been terrified to say. But by God in heaven, it is my opinion. It is based on fact. It is based on reason. It is based on common sense. And I will not be silenced by people telling me that I'm a denier. Bleep, you know, bleep you. Bleep you. And I will not be called a fascist, and I will not be called an enemy of the democracy when I have been a rock-solid conservative founding principles uh, uh, talk show host and human being my entire life. I will not allow my reputation to be besmirched by people who are enemies of the people who are running the state. I'm just done. This is a, a soundbite I like to use from Andrew Breitbart. The, Andrew Breitbart died about 10 years ago. He, was, he had a heart attack. Apparently, he left a restaurant, drinking a glass of wine, died. He was uh, a soothsayer. He was brilliant. He was uh, nearly as impactful, I would say, as Rush Limbaugh in many ways. And here's what he said. When he started getting called white supremacist, and he got uh, started getting called all of these names, the, all of these, all of these, uh, these names, these labels were meant to only smear people and shut down a conservative movement, and it didn't work. All the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, "You're going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's." 
Okay. You. Yep, that's the response. This is my response now. You. November the 8th, just bring it. I'm ready. I'm voting in person. I'm not voting early. I'm voting in person. I'm going to bring my phone with me. I'm going to bring my ID with me. If I see anything that I perceive as uh, a cheating, stuffing ballots in ballot boxes, I'm going live on Getter right here on the phone and reaching 50,000 people to start. You need to be a citizen journalist on November the 8th, and you need to vote. I've got much more on this. Cecilia, you'll be up first. This is a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Stick around. first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, I'm just kind of done. I'm done playing. You know, it's funny. The Trump voters, Trump supporters have never been violent. Never have. You go to a Trump rally, you know, we all know this. They, they clean up after themselves, unlike Antifa. I was in Washington, D.C. when Occupy Wall Street came around, and I was down. I told you the story before. I went down to host the Turkey Trot for charity. It was a, a 5K or whatever the hell, and, uh, and I hosted it, and, you know, I did it every year, and it was wonderful. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And there was Occupy Wall Street uh, down by the park where I was. And it was filled with all these tents. And they literally, these scumbags, they had to have uh, rape tents for women so they wouldn't get sexually assaulted by the losers who were being paid by George Soros for this faux movement. Occupy Wall Street had no goal whatsoever. It had no principles whatsoever. Just an excuse for morons to get together. when they Before Antifa, by the way. They became Antifa eventually and then Black Lives Matter and all that crap. But anyway... I remember going down there, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm gonna, I'm hosting the turkey trot for charity. You know, I got my sweats on, and I got my son with me. And all of a sudden, this jerkweed comes up and uh, assaults my son verbally for just being there and being, I guess, white. I have no idea. And then I can smell pot wafting from the encampment. I'm like, these are good people. These are quality people. They've certainly taken their time off their job to come down here and uh, protest something meaningful. And that's kind of crap we've had to deal with for a long time. And and uh, the left has kind of allowed that crap to happen. And then. Now they've shifted to just persecuting uh, those who are uh, conservative or right. This has happened forever. It's just they've taken the gloves off, and I'm taking my gloves off too. Just take, I'm just done. I'm done, done, done. Nonsense. Let's get to November the 8th. Let's haul their arses out. And then I, I swear to God, if I have to go to Washington, D.C. and talk to Kevin McCarthy, they have got to start getting rid of people. Hell has to be paid for this nonsense. People in the FBI, the DOJ, uh, people in the Democrat Party, people in the Republican Party, people in the DHS, Alejandro Mayorkas, number one, hauled out in shackles, uh, tried and jailed for the breach of our border. That is a, uh, a treasonous act as far as I'm concerned. You're being inflammatory. No, I'm not. Look what's happening on our southern border. Five million people have been allowed to stream across. 107,000 people died of drug overdoses last year. But they're not really drug overdoses. They're poisonings. Because China and the drug kingpins in Mexico are disguising fentanyl 
as ADHD meds and other meds that a kid might at school say, hey, you know what? I hear that an ADHD med, whatever the hell it is, will keep me awake in class. I'm just going to buy one at the park across the street. They take the pill and they're dead. So uh, nonsense. People are going to have to pay. We will not be able to, on uh, November the 9th, go back to uh, the usual uh, way things are, are operated in Washington, D.C. A congressional hearing ain't going to do it. We need a court proceeding. We need indictments, and we need convictions. That's it. Done playing. Let's go to Cecilia in lovely Pasadena, Maryland. Hello there, Cecilia, and welcome Hi. to the Rob Carson Show. Go ahead. Rob, please take time for me. Uh, my grandson uh, joined up for boot camp, uh, trip battles July 29th. He got a $25,000 signing bonus. Signed okay. up a kid to push himself further. The kid started September 5th. Uh, they called Ronnie in. Uh, Ronnie got his security clearance pulled because his friend is from Pakistan, yet his friend was able to start September 5th. Henceforth, five weeks later, he is in boot camp. He has excelled in all his tests. 65 push-ups to the 42, gas chamber with a broken strap. He is gung-ho. Yes. Takes the shot. Two days later, he's got myocarditis and paradigm. He is in strip five. He is strip five in medical board hold. First thing they do is take all your stuff away from you, even your baseball cap that they gave you. Um, they took it outside one time. I don't want to use his last name because I don't want any repercussions for him. Sure. But I'd like to know how this happens, and then we take any information. Now, okay, Friday Cecilia, for, Cecilia, having... Cecilia, hold on yeah. a second. You, are, you, are you running or something? You, you sound out of breath. Well, I'm in Walmart. I, I also have <laughs> my three, three autistic granddaughters that I have to That's pick okay. up. So. All right, take, take a deep breath. Um, take, take, hold it. Slowly, Cecilia, slow All down. Right. Slow down. So your yeah. son is in the Navy. He grandson. went through through the grandson, went through basic, did the push up requirement, absolutely kicked butt, took the obligatory and mandatory COVID vaccine and immediate and immediately started with mitocarditis. Now days later. S- slow down. I, I need you to slow down. Cecilia, slow down. What happened? I, I heard ball cap, I heard this. After diet mitocarditis, what happened? Uh, he, they, he called him in at boot camp on, I think, it was Thursday or Friday. He said he was having chest pains. They said he can wait till Monday and go to sick day. Ron says, I cannot. My chest hurts. They took him to the hospital. He asked first he had the bank. And now he's in ship five, division ship, which is where they separate you. And he's on a medical board hold. Wow. And we can't find a whole lot out. We know he's on beta blockers and... Um, blood thinners. Yes, because there's uh, a there's a risk of a uh, a blood clot, and we've heard from some people who got the COVID vaccine these lengthy blood clots. So he's on blood thinners and beta blockers. I'm familiar with this because I had a heart attack when I was 30 because I had I strep I had strep throat and I threw a clot. Not fun. So how is he feeling now? Has the heart has the heart uh, issue gone away? Because I I've heard. <laughs> He, had, he, came, he went to see the cardiologist yesterday. It was the first phone call his mom had gotten in six days. Wow. Um, if you ever read about ship five division, <laughs> it's like a nightmare. He hasn't been allowed to, he's out outside one time this past two weeks. Um, it's like they're done with them when they're in there. You know what I mean? Whether you're in there for something that you didn't pass, medical, really doesn't matter to them. Yeah. But... 
So what? Go what? What's? Go, what? Where are we going forward here? Is he? Is he going to continue his uh, career in the Navy? What? What is? What's going on? He, I don't think he can. He, he's he's wow. for the medical board. And they said he could be in there three months to a year. We know wow. nothing. You know what I'm doing? Walking around Walmart right now. I'm looking well, for Legos and stuff for these kids to do. And there's nothing for these kids to do. Young and then you're talking about his, his kids or what? Whose kids? No, in 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 the uh, ship five. They're okay. asking for puzzles and coloring books, and I'm like buying Legos. I just bought a two hundred dollar helicopter Lego. <laughs> oh my lord! Well, don't go, don't get, don't get into the Lego Star Wars because you'll uh, you know bankrupt yourself. Yeah. Uh, listen, but, Cecilia, I mean, Cecilia, I, I appreciate you sharing the story today, um, and and you know there's a lot of things that are coming out, and and that our our military is still mandating this shot is um, criminal, and and people will have to go to jail for it, uh, General Milley. Uh, also, the uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, they're, they're going to have to be uh, brought up on charges for this nonsense. Um, Can you do, answer the one more question I had? Please, go ahead. Okay. How did they pull his security clearance because he recruited somebody from Pakistan? I'm 12 old teachers, I am like, limit. Okay, so d- tell me again about the, the, the Pakistani, you, uh, explain because okay. you were breathing hard again. But go ahead and tell me again, I'm yeah. sorry. Ronnie, Ronnie is from a small town in Pennsylvania. He is a squeaky clean young man, let me tell you. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, he recruited someone that came from another country. Yes. So when he signed up, the recruiter signed him up. He, gave, he got the $25,000 signing bonus. Plus, he got an upgrade or something and paid because he recruited a friend. He recruited a friend. Him. Okay, that's cool. And? Mohammed. And Mohammed has started boot camp September 5th. Yeah. So Ronnie left July 19th. He gets there, they call him in, and he's supposed to go to Pensacola, Florida after graduating. I school, P school with a security council. So he gets there, they call him in the office, they look at the folder. He said they opened it up and they asked him where his friend was coming around, different Pakistan. And they said the interview was over. He lost his security cares. You're kidding me. Let me let me ask you this. Where did it, let me ask you this, Cecilia, where did where did this friend from Pakistan come from? Where, how did they meet each other? In high school. Oh, okay, okay. He took him under his wing, you know, because and this kid from Pakistan is not a security issue. I mean, no, he started he started boot camp September fifth. Wow, wow. There's a lot to there's a lot to unpack here, Cecilia. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, How do you think I feel? If oh, I dear God! Have a stroke, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Well, what you need to do is just calm down. Uh, you need to breathe. I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. I can't imagine the stress you are feeling right now. Uh, I know the feeling because my children decided to get a uh, the vaccine, and I worry. You know, I worry about these things, and I hear more and more stories about people dying, uh, young athletes dying. I heard a 20-year-old just died. There was, a uh, oddly enough, a drag queen performer, 22 yeah. years old, died on stage the other day, 22 uh-huh. years old. Um do me a My favor. Body went in perfectly healthy. I know. Well, do me do me a favor. I, I understand. Uh, I, can I, I tell can, you one I more can... thing, your famous thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. How you how you got me listening to you? No. When you were on Newsmax and you were doing the 2020 riots and this breaking in and entering and she was carrying the cheesecake. Because I'm not sure, but I think she was stealing the cheesecake. I said you had me there. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I'll i just say, and 
to those who are listening who are concerned about Cecilia and her family, uh, pray for them. Cecilia, just is, you got to hang in there and you got to stay sane in the moment. You got to stay calm in the moment. And I know you've got this within you because you're a grandmother, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, uh, I, I do believe overall when, when all is said and done about all of this nonsense, that good is going to win. Good is going to win. But, uh, you know, as soon as you get your grandson home from the Navy, uh, I, I hope that, you know, I know your family will uh, will take care of him and hopefully can find a new direction in life. Uh, and hopefully after this election that the powers that be in our U.S. military that are, are working very, very seriously to try to destroy the military and uh, and uh, and ruin it and make it weaker, that they will pay for what they've done. Um, okay. Cecilia, just hang just just hang in there and call back and follow up with us. OK, hey, thanks for taking my call, Rob. God bless you. While you're at Walmart, go for the little yellow stickers. Seriously. Oh, yeah. oh get those little yellow stickers, man, because a pizza is on sale on Thursdays and Sundays. It's the best. Thursdays. Today's the day. You can get the yeah to, to, the, the deli sandwiches and the pizzas and the bread stuff on Thursday and the salmon. Yeah, look for the yellow stickers. Oh, Rob, I listen to you all the time. Thanks so much for taking my call about my body. God bless you. God bless Thank you, girl. You all right, all right, all right. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you know something's wrong. I know something's wrong. You know, in your heart, like for instance, so I'll just, I'm just going to use this as an example. You're uh, married, and your husband comes home, and he's got a pair of other women's underwear in his pants. He smells like perfume. He's got a condom in his wallet. And you go, um, what the hell's going on? And you see a series of texts on the phone that say, oh, you're so hot, I want to do you, blah, 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 don't tell your wife about me. And you say, uh, what's going on? And he says, clearly you are being fed some disinformation. Clearly, someone is trying to mislead you. How dare you uh, use this sort of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ban you from speaking in our house about this. I'm going to ban you from even bringing it up. That's kind of what's going on. That's why when I say about the election, I got tired of gathering all this material. I've got, I've got reams of material about the election of 2020 and all the stealing and all the affidavits and on and on and on and on and on. And I get tired of having to defend what should be common sense. So I just say, you know why I think the 2020 election was stolen? Because I'm not stupid. You know why I think COVID was overblown? Because I'm not stupid. You know why I think that, that a lot of people made a lot of money on the COVID vaccine and didn't give a rat's behind about those who were getting the vaccine? Because I'm not stupid. Marcus of Queensbury rules right there. MMA fight from now on. Let's take a break. I've got much more on this. Uh, Letitia James, uh, including uh, Bill Barr, who's trying to sell books. But uh, he even says it's a witch hunt. That's coming up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know what I think we need? We need a comedic uh, palate cleanser. Our new Letitia James theme song. Jim Gossett, by the way. Letitia James. Why are you fan and flame? Your suit against Trump is a travesty. You're a hack with a law degree. You should hang your head in shame, Letitia James. Letitia James. Needs to stop playing games. Her 
farce will backfire soon And she'll look like a big buffoon Yeah, pretty much And New York will put the flame on Letitia James She done stick up Letitia James Her mom and her Your suit against Donald Trump is a waste of time Listen up, I got some news You got no case, you're gonna lose I hope Trump County sues Letitia James that is fantastic. Oh, my God, that is fantastic. Uh, Jim Gossett, the two S's and two T's, he, uh, he came up with that this morning because he's a freaking genius. If you want to, uh, if you want to uh, have that, that song, you want to be able to share it with others, uh, it'll be on the podcast today. It's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. Wow. And you want to hear how cartoonish and buffoonish this, this toad is, this Letitia James? Listen there. She must have had, I, I, I'll bet she was sitting on this line. For the longest time. And she was convinced that when she said this line, that the world would stop and the presses would stop and people would listen and they would turn to her and they would say, what a work of genius. It's like in the movie Christmas Story. When uh, the, the, the little boy, I'm drawing a blank on his name, he, he's in class and he presents his essay to the teacher about the uh, Red Rider BB gun. And he is convinced that it is going to be the greatest thing that she ever read. And in his fantasy, she holds it up and goes, A plus, A plus, A plus. It is the greatest piece of literature I've ever read in my life. And then he woke up and realized, oh, no, not really. Well, this is Letitia James with her big line. She's been waiting for years, years to unveil this line, to be able to use this line against Donald Trump, and she just ended up sounding stupid. Donald Trump engaged in years of illegal conduct to inflate his net worth, to achieve, to deceive banks and the people of the great state of New York. Here comes the line she's been waiting her entire life for. Claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. Here it is. It's the art of the steal. Wow. See, you had a book. You had a book that was called The Art of the Deal. And see what she did there? She changed it to the art of the steal. Claiming you have money that you do not have. Genius. Does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steal. Oh man, that is epic! They are gonna be—they're gonna be carving that in granite, just like that uh, whistleblower. What's her name? Cassidy Hutchinson grabbing the wheel. Donald Trump grabbed the wheel of the uh, the beast. They said that was gonna be in uh, it, it literally carved in granite. Her her testimony, and it ended up being just kind of stupid. I gotta hear it one more time, just because it's so so ungodly stupid. Claiming you have money that you do not have. Does not amount to the art of the deal. Deal. It's the art of the steal. I guess Letitia James has trumped the Trump family. I, I, uh, let's try uh, Trump the Trump family. There you go. Okay. Okay, all right, all right, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me try to think of another Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump family. Uh, maybe the Trump family is a crime family. Yeah, these are the people we're dealing with. Dear God in heaven. And, and you know, I just, again, I'm kind of done. Let's, uh, let's take a break. 
Come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the hour, uh, Rob Carson uh, Show, hour number two, hour number two of the uh, of the show, and uh, we've got much on the table, including a, a special guest. Actually, at the bottom of the hour, he's going to be joining us, uh, Bruce Lavelle. And uh, Bruce Lavelle is uh, a longtime advisor and appointee to President Trump, former senior advisor of the uh, Trump 2016 and 2020 campaign. And he's going to talk about Letitia James, who's the AG of New York, who ran for the AG of New York originally, uh, saying that Donald Trump uh, was uh, not the uh, the president of the United States, that there was fraud involved in the election. That was disproven. Of course, we know that the fraud came from Hillary Clinton, the FBI. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Michael Steele and Igor Danchenko, and they tried to throw the election then. But anyway, the uh, the, the left parroted this lie for four years about the election steal. And then uh, when election steal actually happened in 2020, they said that any criticism of the election was verboten. It was misinformation or disinformation. See how that works? She actually ran on uh, election disinformation and misinformation, but that was cool. And her entire platform was going after Donald Trump. There were no charges. There was no illegality. She just was the AG who was going to go after Donald Trump. It sounds kind of like what Joe Biden's doing right now by calling Trump supporters, MAGA Republicans, fascists, by calling MAGA Republicans enemies of the democracy, uh, by calling uh, us uh, white supremacists, by calling Donald Trump all these names, the exact same modus operandi, which, by the way, has been used in third world hell holes for decades, for decades. But you know what? That bleep ain't going to fly here, kids. Not going to fly anymore. I want to play a stupid line from Letitia James yesterday. This is a class action lawsuit. So she's going to try and, uh, and get $250 million, I guess, uh, as reparations. I'll just go ahead and use reparations to people who may have been, I guess, uh, injured by Donald Trump going to banks, uh, getting loans, the bank saying, hey, you know, your finances are in order. We have no risk here involved. Uh, let's go ahead and give you all the money. And then Donald Trump using the money to build stuff and paying the money back. That's the, 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 the awful thing that he has done. But here is Letitia James with a line that she's been sitting on since she was elected. And, wow, I would so feel bad if I was that line with her sitting on me, you see, you know. Donald Trump engaged in years of illegal conduct to inflate his net worth to achieve, to deceive banks and the people of the great state of New York. Oh, I think you just being the AG inflates your, your net worth, to be quite honest. I mean, it really inflates it because, honestly, how could somebody be this stupid and be the AG of New York? Claiming you have money that you do not have Pebble. does not amount to Pebble. the art of the deal. Pebble. What is it? It's the art of the steal. Nah. Well, that was worth it. I think I need to smoke a cigarette. I, I don't even smoke cigarettes. That was so good. I just want to. I just want to lay back in bed with, put my arm up above my, my, uh, you know, my head, like Hunter Biden with a couple prostitutes, and smoke a cigarette. And just go, damn, that was good. It was kind of cheesy, actually. It kind of reminded me of this delivery right here. This is uh, this is Austin Powers uh, from uh, what about 20, 25 years ago. Danger powers personal effects. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. It says here, name danger powers. No, 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 no. 
Danger's my middle name. See, there you go. They kind of okay, that thing. Name. Well, Danger's my middle name. Danger Powers. There you go. Hey, Danger's Set? my yes, please. middle Actually, name. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. It says your name, Danger Powers. No, 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 no. Danger's my middle name. See what I did there? See what I did there? It's kind of kind of the same dynamic there. Waiting to say that line like she did. Claiming you have money that you do not have. Have a... Does not amount to the art of the deal. Yes, what is it? It's the art of the steal. There you go. I got to tell you, that is uh, that is some uh, that is some genius stuff there on her part. That is uh, earth shattering. They will be again, as I said. Uh, they will certainly be uh, carving that in uh, in marble eventually uh, with regard to uh, Letitia James. And uh, I think that I should go ahead and let me if I can find it here. Let's go ahead and play the uh, the the new ballad of Letitia James here real quick because she's a wordsmith, by the way. Letitia James. Why are you fan and plain? Your suit against Trump is a travesty. You're a hack with a law degree. You should hang your head in shame, Letitia James. Letitia James needs to stop playing games. Her farce will backfire soon, and you look like a big buffoon. And New York will put the blame on Letitia James. You think it's down, down. Letitia James. <laughs> Your suit against Donald Trump is a waste of time. It's really lame. Listen up, I've got some news. You got no case, you're gonna lose. I hope Trump County sues Letitia James. Letitia James. That is uh, Jim Gossett. How is that no jack fail working out? Even Bill Barr, who will say anything to sell books. I don't know how many books his book has sold, but that's probably in the tens. Uh, Even he says it's a political hit job. It's hard for me not to conclude it's a political uh, hit job. This is a woman who campaigned for office saying that, promising she was going to go after Trump, but she grossly overreaches when she tries to drag the children into the, this. Yes. Oh, the kids finally got Bull Barr to pull his head out of his rear end. That's that's fantastic. They had roles in the business, but this was his personal financial statement. Don't you don't you think that it's better to uh, to just make fun of these people while making a point and just make them look like morons? Because honestly, to take Letitia James seriously at this point means you're going to lower yourself to her level. And I mean that, seriously. Oh, it's racist. No, it's not. She's just an idiot. I mean, honestly, how do, how the bleep do people like her get elected? Oh, maybe because maybe we need an intelligence test for voting. How about that? How about we look at people who fall for stupid crap like this and we go, you know, I got it kind of the same as a felony. I don't think you should be able to vote until you educate yourself. Because honestly, if you're so stupid that you'd vote for Tracy, uh, Stacey Abrams for governor, you're talking racism because she's black too. No, she's an idiot too. Or how about AOC? She's Hispanic. I know, but she's an idiot too. Who are the people who are voting for these people? We need to go to the root cause, the supply chain. And that is idiots voting for idiots. That's just the way. That's, it's just funny. 
This is Harmeet Dillon. She is a brilliant legal mind, and she has worked with Donald Trump, by the way. And she has been on uh, panels with me on Newsmax. Uh, of course, she makes me look like a doofus with regard to uh, legalese and whatnot. But here she is talking about the uh, ridiculous uh, civil suit against Donald Trump for uh, loaning money and paying it back. Well, look, as you mentioned, Letitia James came into office bragging about how she was going to get Trump. She seems to be obsessed with him and, you know, denies the legitimacy of his election. And then it took her three years to get to this point. And some would say that because she's trailing in the polls. In her oh, there is that. I see what they're doing. She's doing a little poll dancing. Race for attorney general. This is time to help. Meaning she's doing something to make the affect the polls. It's completely different. Put your dollar bills away boost her uh, ratings and that's really what this is about Hunter. so you're correct tucker she could not find any crime that she could indict yeah, president trump for she that. has referred this matter to the southern district of new york in case they can find something but let's look at what she did file on uh, in in uh, new york state let's do that shall we fraud has a six-year statute of limitations so they're really basically focusing on things that happened before donald trump she needs a soundbite she needs something for the polls. That's like Joe Biden. He's doing the same thing. He just sounded, he said, he said the other day that the pandemic is over and he did that for a soundbite. But they want to keep the same restrictions and stuff. It's called having your cake and eating it too. And I think Ladisha eats a lot of cake. Became president and his family members got involved in the government like Ivanka Trump. So they're really looking at very stale old stuff that nobody bothered about until this time and what we're really talking about is differences of opinion about valuation of assets that were heavily negotiated with banks oh yeah the banks have to look into that stuff so Letitia James's complaint 220 pages worth belies a shocking naivety I'm sure that that is like double spaced probably a font of about 25 to get 200 pages okay about the realities of business about the realities of how properties are financed about how businesses operate and it's really like you said very small potato stuff and if it were done by anybody else it wouldn't be the subject of a complaint like this and so this is entirely political tucker yep and it is not how a attorney general of the united states should be using their awesome political power exactly but you know we also have an ag of uh, of the fed who is a political tool as well and his name is merrick garland Let's go to John in Eldersburg, Maryland. Hello, John. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Your uh, your thoughts, please. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon. So, you know, in, at the IRS, they actually have a, uh, there's a there's a law that if an IRS agent targets you politically or targets you uh, on a, some biased basis, they didn't like you for some reason, that you can actually sue them personally. And I think what the, when the Republicans get into office, they need to have a political hate crime bill. That if you're going to go after somebody for political reasons, you are not immune for personal prosecution yourself. And I don't care if you're a state prosecutor, if you're an FBI agent, whoever you are, if you're targeting somebody politically, that's unconstitutional. Boom, 100%. If you, if you use the legal system and your position in that legal system or in a government agency to punish someone, to even imprison someone on false pretenses, that should require them to be uh, jailed for the same thing, i.e. The, uh, the January 6th protesters, many who have not even had a court date. They keep their, getting their court dates extended. We have a, a Bastille in Washington, D.C., and, and on November the 9th, by the way, they need to open the doors to that Bastille, and they need to start filling up that prison with some of these 
jerkweeds who've done this. Go ahead. So that's absolutely correct. We need the Republicans to say when they're elected, they're going to pass a political hate crime bill. Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. When, when you when you use when you use the legal system against your political opponents, of course that is illegal. But it needs to become a, a priority of the new Republican Congress uh, to go after all of these things. One hundred percent, John. I appreciate your phone call. Real quick, let's go to Steve in Monterey, California. Hello there, uh, Steve, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind in Cali? Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. You know, about uh, Trump versus the deep state being a bigger threat, of course, it's uh, the deep state. And this election was rigged by the deep state, and no one can deny it was rigged by the media's thumb on the scale. And yep. we've got a governor here in California that well. traffic lights or traffic cameras every half mile on a 50-mile stretch of road, making about $700 million a year off of that. And the signs are so incongruent and, and just miscombobulated it causes accidents. Okay. Now, which, 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 which now, hold on, Steve, what, what road are you talking about? I don't live out there. What's, what, tell me about it. Uh, in California, it's the road between Oakland and San Jose on the east side of the bay. Okay. Okay. That's just an example of where Pelosi's nephew is taking us. Big uh, state surveillance, uh, uh, prison state, okay? Yeah. And yeah. Trump, with all of his flaws, and boy, he's got a lot of flaws, okay? Yeah, I know. But I, and I know this sounds incredible, but I did more to get him elected than even Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Really, I did. And the reason I did a super campaign on the radio that year was because right off the bat, when he put his hat in the ring, the media jumped all over him. So I go, well, there's my man. And I was proved right. So we should give Trump, no matter what, a, a debt of thanks for opening yeah. our eyes. Yeah. Whereas I've rounded the bases five times. At least we're halfway to first base now because of Trump, knowing what's going on. All right, Steve, I appreciate the phone call, bro. we got to take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. shut down our businesses and schools. They forced us to take a vaccine and now they want our vote. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. It's the Rob Carson Show. So, uh, Mitch McConnell's approval, approval rating is uh, 7%, down from 31% in 2020. Does this surprise you? Uh, Mitch McConnell, he is uh, funding and defunding races around the country for uh, Trump conservatives because he's a swamp-dwelling POS. Uh, he's 7% of people uh, view him favorably. This is the latest poll. Here's the other part of the poll. He comes in behind IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, approval rating of 8%. Uh, for irritable bowel syndrome, then uh, Mitch McConnell at 7%. Right below that is the approval of broccoli by toddlers at 5%. So there you go. As far as the uh, least uh, popular things available, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, 8%. Mitch McConnell, 7%. And broccoli among toddlers at 5%. Um, you know, a lot of people say that if you're in Congress, you got to kind of kiss the ring of Mitch McConnell. And, uh, and Mitch McConnell, here's the deal. Mitch McConnell has too much power. 
in Washington, D.C., and the day that uh, Mitch McConnell is able to fund and defund uh, races and the days that uh, uh, people, if they want to go to Washington, D.C., they have to play with Mitch McConnell and what Mitch McConnell wants versus what their constituents want, I say it's time to get the hell rid of Mitch freaking McConnell. How about that? How about this, you toad? This man, while, while an unprecedented raid of Mar-a-Lago happened, something that has never happened before, a blanket warrant against a previous president of the United States, this on top of what else he has presided over. By the way, he's been in there in 2017 as a Republican leader. The national dr- debt has grown by $21 trillion. Illegal immigration has blown up through the ceiling. We, real wages for American uh, workers have not risen since the 70s. Obamacare was enacted in 2010. Big banks were bailed out in 2008. Social media companies have silenced individuals without repercussions. In October, McConnell caved to Democrats' demands and raised the debt ceiling, enabling Democrats to advance President Biden's Build Back Better uh, agenda. It's time for Mitch to go uh, bye-bye. Go warm yourself on a rock, you turtle. Honestly, it's time. I don't care if my party is in charge in Washington, D.C., unless my party does what I want and what the American people want. I could give a rat's behind about Mitch McConnell and his constituency in Washington, D.C., and his power in Washington, D.C. It doesn't mean D-word to me. Because right now, 65% of the American people can't make it to the next paycheck. I swear. If you think that I'm just, you know, targeting Democrats, you're wrong. There are some people right now that, I mean, they're on the fence with me. They are on the fence with me. Uh, and and I, am, I, I, I have given them the benefit of the doubt for the longest time. There's this new uh, uh, bill that's going through uh, with regard to uh, allowing big media organizations to create formal cartels to negotiate with big tech companies. Uh, it is a, a, an absolute uh, aberration, and people are signing on to it, like Ted Cruz, like John Kennedy. And you're thinking, hey, man, Ted Cruz and John Kennedy, they're on my side. Are they? The Joe Mansions of the Republican Party? Are they? All it takes is one slip by Ted Cruz. All it takes is one slip by Marco Rubio. And we're done with them. So tread lightly, Senator Cruz. Tread lightly before you sign off on things like this because you want to play along. Be real careful. Letitia James, of course, is uh, uh, launching a civil suit against Donald Trump for loaning money and paying it back. Uh, here is uh, Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax, I believe, with Greta von Susteren last night. He's a lib, and he says it's bullcrap. She won't be reelected, so her whole electoral prospects turn on this. This is not a strong case. Let me tell you why. Why haven't the banks sued him? They have just as good auditors, just as good ability to value something. Let's take 41. Yeah, usually the banks, they have to look at what you are using as collateral and decide whether it's worth it or not. Uh, Donald Trump just can't snap his fingers, and he he did these loans before he was the president. Street, which I know you've probably been there. It's a nice, beautiful building. He evaluated it twice as much for getting a loan as was assessed. Now, can't the bank go and do their own assessment? Oh, yeah. Why does the attorney general have to help one of the largest banks in the world do its due diligence and do its business? A jury is going to have a very, very hard time on that. As far as the taxes are concerned, that's the IRS. 
and state tax authorities. That's not Letitia James. But she should not be bringing this case. And if I were Trump's lawyer, I'm not. But if I were, I would be making a motion to recuse and disqualify her to turn the investigation. Well, yeah, she should have been recused from the get-go because she ran on going after Donald Trump. She literally ran for office, and she also ran on uh, the big lie about the 2016 election. Bruce Lavelle is going to be with us in a few moments, and he's going to talk about this uh, this witch hunt. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We have a special guest who knows of uh, of uh, loans, commercial loans, and business like Donald Trump has been doing for uh, decades. He is Bruce Lavelle, longtime advisor and appointee to President Trump, a former senior advisor of the Trump 2016 and 2020 campaigns, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline live from Atlanta today. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I got to tell you, I want to play this soundbite. This is Letitia James yesterday announcing a class action lawsuit against Donald Trump for loaning money and paying it back. Claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steal. Now, I think she's been sitting on that line for a while there, uh, Mr. Lavelle. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, it's just – well, there's one thing about her. Thanks what? for having me. Yes, sir. She kept her promise, yes. obviously, all during her campaign. That was her main campaign. Yes. And, and, and she said, I'm getting elected. I'm going to go after Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm going to go after Donald Trump. Yeah. And, you know, the sad thing about it is is that I know where this is coming from. Yeah. A lot of this misinformation, disinformation, if yeah. you want to call it, or where she's getting fed is weak Michael Cohen. Okay. And he's the one egging along, got her gassed up, uh, making claims that he knew so much about the Trump organization. And he's the one that's feeding her this, this garbage gotcha. to get her to play on this. You remember she mentioned his name during the press conference. Yes. And yes. then he's in turn sitting here, oh, I got a shout out. First of all, <laughs> Michael is a compulsive liar, number yeah. one. Number yes. two, he's a convicted felon. Yes. Okay? So and the, the, the sad thing about it is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on him because I know the president very well. Yes, sir. Is that Michael Cohen was hired to be an attorney to work in the Trump organization mm-hmm. for, for 10 years. His job was to be the attorney, you know, whether it be some re- regular uh, tenant acquisitions or merger, whatever it could be. As an attorney, you weren't hired to come in and trying to do side deals. The side deals is what landed him in prison. Gotcha. And there's, remember, the ones who, who generally got in trouble, who get in trouble, are the ones who are trying to profit off the relationship of Donald John Trump. Look look at who has gone to jail. Look who's gotten into trouble. Remember, Donald John Trump ran on a campaign, and he's still to this day, he ran on a campaign of not being beholding to pay to play. Mm-hmm. So I guess evidently people thought he was just saying that, and it's like, oh, well, that's just a regular campaign speech, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, he kept his promise. And so you see he's not beholding, so he can govern accordingly. And the the unfortunate part, unlike some of our folks in the Senate and and Congress, 
they can't govern because they've taken too many bad yes. lobbying money yeah. and they're controlled. So this puppet, uh, Letitia James, is being run by Cohen through bad information. He's claiming to know this and know this and know that. Yeah. He's got her gassed up. Uh-huh. She's going after on a civil. Remember, when something like this transpires, when law enforcement or anything gets involved, you have to the someone has to submit a complaint. Mm-hmm. None of the banks, no uh, lenders, have issued a formal complaint. Gotcha. So now we're on a fishing expedition. <laughs> and and the other thing, as the president said on Hannity, and I've I've built shopping centers and I've done everything from. Uh, land disturbance permits all the way up through from the civil engineering aspect to mm-hmm. the construction of the steel to you name it, turnkey. And when you submit financials, I don't care what you put on there, the bank will underwrite and comb through your balance sheets. They will look at your bank statements to see what kind of cash flow you're using. You can't fake cash flow reading bank statements. Mm-hmm. You can't fake it. Either you have it or you don't. So when it goes through underwriting, and trust me, the banks are not in the business of losing money. They want to make money, <laughs> and they want to do good loans. Yep. Okay? That's how they make money. Now, obviously, the bad loans were the subprime and derivatives in 08, yes. which caused a catastrophic uh, downturn in the, in the market, giving people with 400 credit scores uh Loans, yes, and that's that's part of where this this came from in, back in '08. So, so in terms of being solvent, these institutions they look at because they are they are they are beholden to their shareholders to make sure that they do good quality loans, the best of their ability. Yes. Now, economy changes; anything can change. Famine, shutdowns, uh, anything can change. Obviously, yeah. okay. But you want to be as solvent as possible, and how you do that is how strong you are in your cash flow, how strong you are on your guarantees as it relates to guaranteeing these particular loans. So none of the banking institutions has summoned Mm. Donald John Trump or the Trump organization and says, hey, this isn't right. It's the attorney general on a fishing expedition. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you, I've I've been on a bank board. I know how this works. They're not going to sit over here and just start getting involved in your political craziness. Mm -hmm. They have other shareholders and other business people in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and all across New York that they're currently doing business with. And let me tell you something. On the Class A office especially, especially with the shutdown, okay, and a lot of people working from home, these Class A office people are very eager and anxious to get people back in the workforce mm-hmm. so that these restaurants and all the other things around that, they can cover their debt service. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's still a little tricky. Yeah. So you, the bank are very anxious to make sure that their people who borrowed from them are they're, 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 they're wanting them to, to perform. They don't well, want... In, in, other words, in other words, there's no bank, I don't care if you're Donald Trump, I don't care if you're whoever, yeah. that's yeah. going to give you a half a billion dollar loan for a casino unless yeah. they know it's going to get paid back. Now, meanwhile, uh, uh, Hunter Biden can fly over to China with his dad and go off and, and secure the management of a $1.5 billion hedge fund without any investigation whatsoever, just knowing that you have access. I can't think of a more uh, obvious comparison with regard to uh, capital 
and entrustment of capital in someone for political reasons versus Donald Trump, uh, who wasn't even the president at the time. And 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 you 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 must and, and since you know so much about uh, uh, banking, Bruce Lavelle, uh, there is no uh, loan. In, there's no institution that is it's a, it's such a buddy system that they would give Donald Trump, uh, you know, a half a billion dollar loan or whatever the loan is, unless they knew that uh, it would be paid back. There's no uh, amount of political yeah. capital that could make up for the money that Donald Trump is loaning. You need yeah. that money back. Yeah, and just and just for, for the listeners, r- the unfortunate part after the 08 crash, obviously, when I mentioned the subprime and derivatives yes. and giving people with bad credit 30-year amortization loans and et cetera, LIBOR loans and stated income is what got us in this mess. Yep. Now the the situate the problem with that is that when Dodd Frank came out, the bank regulations in terms on the compliance is very stringent, you know, just for the listeners. So basically, it's even harder. And some folks that are listening uh, to the show knew after those after that financial crash how many hoops they had to jump through. Yep. Um, in some instances, there were there were required two appraisals within a ninety day period <laughs> yes. just to make sure yep. that. That asset was exactly what it was. It wasn't inflated. So I say this to say, in all defense of, of Donald Trump and, and, and all businesses, business owners that are listening, there are so many checks and balances, especially after the, the 2008 crash. Yeah. It's it's very hard to, to pass off uh, – some information to get a loan without it being scrutinized. Yeah, unless of course you're dealing with communist China and you are selling exactly. a- and you're selling exactly. access to the president of the United States. Yeah. It, it really is. It really is quite stunning. And, and I got to tell you, uh, Bruce Lavelle. By the way, I got to tell you that uh, yesterday I was mad. And then once I began to digest the uh, ludicrosity, is ludicrosity a word I think it is, of this suit, I, I began to laugh. And then I heard her press conference yesterday where she said that line about the art of the steel. And I went, you can't be serious. So uh, where does this go? How do you suppose this will be treated in, in court, sir? Well, it's, it's, it's obviously um, she's not going to win, okay? It's going to be egg and shame on the state. Um, and then the sad part about it is, you know, real talk. I've served on community improvement boards. I've been in all types of transportation board. I've been on everybody's mama's board. You know, you yes, get sir. older, you get invited <laughs> to all this. But let me tell gotcha, you something. Gotcha, gotcha. The number one antidote for a great economy, a great neighborhood, a vibrant area of great development is public safety. Mm-hmm. All the efforts that she's putting on Chasing Waterfalls is my one of my favorite songs from TLC. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Um, one of my neighbors was on that group. <laughs> but, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, um, why? of all the efforts tying up taxpayers' dime, chasing waterfalls, this effort needs to be on putting criminals away who are terrorizing New Yorkans and is causing, watch this, causing the economic uncertainties in New York because remember people are not going to spend money they're not going to go out there's no commerce moving when they don't feel safe so essentially it affects the balance sheet it affects sales tax and use from merchants as myself there's 30 million small businesses in the country Rob we make up 62% of the GDP Mm -hmm. so if you have a a neighborhood or community that's interrupted coming out of the pandemic and now you're chasing this and tying up all your assistant AGs and resources on Michael Cohen's word and all these other clowns, when the bank or no institution or anyone has come forward and says, 
you know, the Carson Incorporated company, they cheated me, hypothetically. No. So now you here we go on another fishing expedition. So if anything, and all the New Yorkans, if you're listening, you need to call for the impeachment of this woman and get her out of there yeah. and get somebody in there. And this is why, real quick, local elections count. Know who yes, your sir. city council is. Know who your district attorney is running. Know who your state court, superior court, probate court school board these yeah. local small these elections yeah. are so critical because you see the results of what happened when you get a clown in yeah. these these seats now you'll appreciate this because i remember uh, i wrote for rush limbaugh for over 20 years i did a parody of waterfalls by tlc uh <laughs> white waterfalls about hillary clinton and bill clinton by the way i think you'd appreciate it. i'd like to get your email and send you a copy of it <laughs> oh cool that'd be great uh no. let's talk about what's going on in atlanta you live in atlanta and yep. uh, obviously uh, herschel walker is running against Raphael warnock Raphael warnock is a uh extreme radical it looks like herschel walker i'm not saying he's uh the best Best candidate in the world, but I, I think he's uh, trustworthy. I think he's genuine, uh, and the right race seems to be tightening up with uh, with Herschel Walker pulling out in front. What sort of nonsense is the Democrat Party and Raphael Warnock pulling in uh, in the state of Georgia with regard to this race? Well, you know, obviously they're digging up um, one of the things. They dig up the old interview with him and the the you know the former wife. He did this to me. He did that, and they uh-huh. cut that soundbite. But essentially, if you for all the listeners, if you go watch the entire interview then you'll see it was part of you know this is what i went through this is how i got help this is where i am now and Mm -hmm. i admire the transparency as it relates to you know seeking medical help Mm -hmm. you know whether it be alcohol mental whatever it is so it it, it validates the human factor of who herschel really is Mm -hmm. um the unfortunate part of is that you know that's the only thing they can do is attack him yeah, on that yeah, because yeah. they have no, nothing really to stand on and and i'm not just singing the the gop fight song um i've been in atlanta since 88 i know Raphael. my uncle went to ebenezer back in the civil rights movement in the 50s and Got 60s you. i'm very enriched mm-hmm. with the civil rights movement on my dad's side yes sir so i know all these folks yeah um the unfortunate part is um where the issue lies for Raphael warnock to uh, be called as a pastor and pastor a church to to advocate I'm a pro ch- uh, choice pastor. Yeah. You know, you you know, you would think like, okay, well, he's a pastor. He's going to get it. He'd get a pass by being pro life. Even the, the the radical left would say, well, you know, he is. No, that's not where he's standing. He's he's okay with uh, a child coming all the way almost to birth being aborted yeah and you let and yet you call yourself reverend Raphael warnock yeah, i guess clergy clergy can, they, you know they can sell their souls too right yeah exactly and that's my point to, to everyone um they're they're meant they're flesh and blood like all the rest of us however that in itself tells you um the core ethics yeah. of the person that's sitting in that seat. Bruce Lavelle, we're, we're out of time today, my friend, but I'm really glad that we got to uh, to uh, have you on today to give you a perspective. I think it's uh, incredibly valuable, and I'd love to have you on again sometime if you get the chance, okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks where, for Where can me. people find you on social media, Mr. Lavelle? Well, I'm on, I'm on fake Twitter, uh-huh. Bruce <laughs> underscore L-E-V-E-L-L, yeah. and Getter is Bruce Lavelle, and of course, Truth Social, which is the best, is Bruce L-E-V-E-L-L. And, of course, I'm on 2Facebook. And, um, 
uh, right. fraudogram. Yes, yes, yes. I got you. I got you. It is what Listen, it is. as soon as I download all my photos on Facebook, I'm blowing it up. Uh, it's gone. It's gone. I only use Twitter for video clips for my TV show. Otherwise, it's Truth Social and Getter all the way. Have a yeah. glorious weekend. God bless. Godspeed. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. For the uh, last word on the Letitia James uh, class action suit against Donald Trump, I'll uh, turn it over to Donald Trump. Well, she campaigned on it four years ago. It was a vicious campaign, and she just talked about Trump, and we're going to indict him, we're going to get him. She knew nothing about me. I never heard of her. But I saw this woman, I saw the statement she was putting out without knowing anything. Nope. And she said, we're going to get him. That Her whole campaign was based on that. And uh, then she came after us. We've been going over this for years. And I actually thought, because our values are really high, the company is great. I built a great company. You take places like this, so many other places that I have like this, frankly. I mean, just the... The, among the finest places anywhere in the world. I actually... Now, look at Donald Trump. Uh, he'll go into a building that's maybe been... Neglected, you know, and he, it'll turn it around. He did that with the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., and the Democrats there painted Black Lives Matter on the street, and they, they vandalized it, and they drove him out of business there. But look at what Donald Trump does to uh, buildings and neighborhoods and cities. And then look at what... Uh, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi and uh, and others have done to San Francisco, and Ted Wheeler did to Portland, and and, uh, and Eric Adams is doing to New York City. See, that's what uh, uh, turd politicians who are Democrats do when they move in. Donald Trump moves in, he uh, loans his good money, he pays back his good money, and he makes things better. I thought that they would never bring a case, and she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case... Uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle, but I had a problem because how do you pay something, even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty? This was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower with our, who would know, our great future first lady who's done a great job and people love her. uh, Just real quick, uh, Democrats who are listening. Um, you've had about six, seven years of this uh, nonsense, and you keep getting your hopes up, and you're thinking this time he's going to be dragged off to prison. He's going to be wearing an orange jumpsuit. And you had, uh, you know, a bogus uh, first impeachment. That turned out to be crap. And then you had another impeachment. That turned out to be crap. And you found out that Donald Trump was not uh, trying to incite anybody. And, and, you, and you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep coming up with this nonsense, and you keep thinking you got big old headlines, and you, you know, light your votive candle to uh, to uh, Rachel Maddow or whatever in your, in your kitchen right next to your, you know, Satan candle, whatever the hell you burn there. And, and, and you think, oh, my God, the happy days are here again. Uh, we are finally going to get Donald Trump. And after a while, don't you just kind of got to look at yourself and go, wow, what an idiot I am. i just saying maybe you ought to. Maybe, maybe you ought to kind of readjust your, you know, your hate and anger and all that crap and maybe just focus on living your life, making your life better, uh, you know, enjoying the freedoms afforded to us by living in this country. Uh, be thankful, possibly, for living here, being born here versus North Korea instead of worshiping North Korea. How about you just uh, pull your head out of your arse and stop being such a D-word? How about that? There you go. I should make that into a bumper sticker. I know it's, it's very untoward in me and uh, very uncouth of me, but how about that? How about just that? 
Or how about maybe kind of readjust how you feel about children getting uh, uh, puberty blockers and uh, life-altering sex chain surgery before they turn 18? Because the Democrat Party's down with it. And that's what we're going to talk about next, among other things. And then we're going to talk about a, uh, a, a brilliant FBI whistleblower who's being persecuted. All of that and more on the way. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. This is our response, The Rob Carson Show. So the uh, on the ballot this uh, November is not only Joe Biden, but also uh, transgender surgery on your children, uh, wide open border, uh, wiping off student loan debt for uh, people who have a better job probably than many do. And uh, while 65% of us live paycheck to paycheck, not even making it to the paycheck anymore. I mean, you, you cool with all that? You loving life right now? Are you loving what this country is doing to its children and to its schools and to its border? Are you loving that? Do you want more of that? you want more of the crime like is in New York City and, uh, and Portland and, uh, and San Francisco? You want some, who really wants that unless you're absolutely out of your stinking mind and you want the country to collapse, which is what the class of 1968 is all about. And you know what? I think we're kind of done with it. I do. Here's our theme song. We won the last election. My campaign was perfection. They stole the vote, and we all know. And now the AG of New York is going after it. They raided Mar-a-Lago. The FBI has got to go. They're not our friend. They are our foe. We're not gonna take it. You're not gonna take it, and you're not gonna take it anymore. Just like this guy Hillary deleted all her emails, and Hunter Biden should be in jail. Scumbag. You know I am right, and they are wrong. We'll win come this November, and this crap we will remember. What's at for all? Let's drain the swamp. I think we need to pave it over. We're not gonna take it. No, you're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. Believe me, we're not gonna take it. I just have to tell it. There it is. That is uh, Sean Farish. From Long Island, by the way, Sean Farish, uh, brilliant Trump impressionist. Uh, no, that wasn't the former president. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he would approve, you know. So, I said this yesterday, and I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed to say it anymore. I'm not going to be uh, afraid to say it anymore if you are down with transitioning your child uh, to another sex because that t- child is threatening some sort of a meltdown or whatever. Uh, you need to have your child taken away. The, you know, if you are down with it, if you are married to someone who says, you know, I think uh, the problem with Jimmy is that he needs to become a Jenny. 
and and I want him to go to uh, to uh, this uh, hospital, and and I want to get him on puberty blockers before puberty, and then I want to have his penis removed and turned inside out and made it to an artificial vagina. Uh, then you need to divorce that person, and and you need to take the child with you. I'm not kidding. I'm absolutely 100% serious. If you're down with the mental illness of those who would not only parent children and say, I think our child needs a sex change, but if you work for a uh, doctor or practice that allows this, if you are a doctor that practices, you need to leave the profession because you're done, because you're right up there with the same sort of experimental crap that Joseph Mingla perpetrated on uh, the political enemies of Adolf Hitler. I'm absolutely serious. That's extreme. No. How did we allow this to happen? I want to know how we allowed this to happen. I'd like to know what sort of mentally ill, sick person came up with this nonsense. Vanderbilt University should be done. They should close down their doors. Tennessee Republicans are speaking out against the pediatric transgender clinic at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Governor Bill Lee has called for an investigation of the clinic after an explosive report by the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, who does a brilliant job revealing appalling details of so-called gender-affirming care. Apparently, it is quite a big moneymaker. Makes people a lot of money. Lots and lots of money. And uh, here is uh, Dr. Shane Taylor of Vanderbilt talking about making all that sweet, sweet money from transgender surgeries. Starting in January 1st, uh, 2017, uh, according to the Affordable Care Act, insurance carriers are Now, by the way, she she said, as part of the Affordable Care Act, which makes you kind of wonder what was in that 2,600-page bill that Nancy Pelosi said they'd pass first and read later. Um, some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, I'm sorry, October of 2016, starting a couple of years ago, put down some costs. Of how you know what? Here's what I'm going to do because the, the sound on that is a little distant. But it is a big uh, moneymaker. Um, the Pediatric Transgender Clinic at Vanderbilt University Medical Center raises serious moral, ethical, and legal concerns. We should not allow life-altering decisions that hurt children or policies that suppress religious liberties, all uh, for the purpose of financial gain. We have to protect Tennessee children, and this warrants a thorough investigation. That comes from Governor Bill Lee. The person that we just heard was Shane Siebold Taylor. Or, uh, a physician at U- VUMC, a clinic for transgender health, in a lecture. Sex change surgeries make a lot of money. Listen to this. Listen to this. A female chest masculinization surgery, also called a top surgery, can bring as much as $40,000, according to Taylor. Routine hormone treatment will visit the clinic just a few times each year, but can bring in several thousand dollars and actually makes money for the hospital. Taylor, in that audio clip that you can't hear well, goes on to describe how vaginoplasty surgeries, in which a man is castrated and doctors surgically create a fake vagina using tissue from his penis, can make as much as $20,000 in revenue. Citing data from the Philadelphia Center for Transgender Surgery, she excitedly states that figure is likely an underestimate given costs for hospital stay, post-op visits, anesthesia, and other associated medical bills. Vanderbilt University 
needs to be shut down. At least this clinic needs to be shut down. This clinic shut down, investigated. Criminality needs to be investigated. People need to go to jail. They need to be public, publicly shamed. They need to go to jail. And the parents of these, these horrifically scarred uh, children need to be able to sue them to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Female bottom surgeries, this is a female to male bottom surgeries, in which doctors take skin and other tissues from a woman's forearm or thigh to create a fake penis, can make as much as $100,000 in hospital revenue. Is this as bad as anything that you have ever read from Joseph Mingala? Is it? Is it really? Is it as bad? These surgeries are labor-intensive. There's a lot of follow-ups. They require a lot of time, and they make money, Taylor told the audience. They make money for the hospital. In a separate, a separate Medicine Grand Rounds lecture, Vanderbilt health law expert Ellen Wright Clayton, excuse me, I have a little, I have a little cough, by the way. Pardon me warns hospital staff that asserting a conscientious subjection or performing to performing transgender chair uh, care would require uh, some consequences for the people who refuse to do the surgeries so not only are they saying that a lot of money can be done doing this they're also saying that anyone who disagrees with doing the surgeries at this clinic will be ostracized excuse me i apologize i've been a little sick the last couple of days She said conscientious objectors should, uh, would be accommodated to the extent they can find somewhere else to perform the surgery. So if you are a part of this clinic and you decide not to do it, you'll be removed. This is the aforementioned doctor talking about those who are conscientious exec, uh, uh, objectors to mutilating children having to go somewhere else. If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to th realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person and you are not paying for the, the cost for your belief. I think that is a real, I mean, I think that's a real issue. You know, this kind of uh, uh, begs the question that someone who would spend so many years in uh, medical school would, would, uh, would do something like this. I mean, I could understand some some psychotic bureaucrat Democrat doing something like this, like saying, I don't know, babies should be aborted until birth and even after they're born uh, be allowed to die as you watch. And we saw that from the uh, uh, former governor of, uh, of Virginia. Uh, he's a pediatrician. That's the sort of mental illness that's going on. But, I mean, if you are a doctor or you are a uh, administrator at a hospital like this and you have been down with this this madness, then honestly there's something very desperately, desperately different desperately wrong with you. This is a video from the hospital uh, about trans buddies. Presumably these are people who will get you through your transgender mutilation surgery. And it features uh, someone who is trans, um, a, a woman to male, someone who is uh, at an artificial penis created by uh, arm skin. Uh, and uh, here she is talking about, uh, and I'll just go ahead and say she, because she's just a mutilated female with a uh, part of her arm dangling between her legs. Sean Riley, and I'm the program coordinator for TransBuddy at the program for LGBTQ health at Vanderbilt University. It's TransBuddies! 
TransBuddy provides trained peer advocates for transgender patients who are coming for doctor's appointments or other healthcare related services. Whether you're looking for something that's related to medical transition, such as hormone therapy, or something completely unrelated, like breaking an arm or going to an ENT, we are here. Don't break your arm because you might have to make it into a penis eventually. Here to help support any transgender patients that come through our doors. I think, uh, what was it? I, I used this line before, but uh, uh, there's a song from a Black Sabbath uh, song, War Pigs, in, uh, in 1969. I know this because I was three, and I sneaked into my sister's room to listen to Led Zeppelin's first record and, uh, and Black Sabbath's Paranoid. And there was a line from uh, Black Sabbath, you think, he's evil. No, they're not. No, they're not at all. Uh, just great rock band. Uh, they had a line called, uh, Satan Laughing Spreads His Wings. You got to imagine if they're, you know, Satan is down there looking up. He's uh, he's laughing and spreading his wings right now because this is amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, here are some. Uh, oh, this is a, an organization called W Path. Uh, w Path is the, the, I guess, the path to having your penis removed to make a fake vagina or having your breast removed as a pubescent girl uh, to become a boy. Uh, guidelines for breast removal. So when we when we talk about the WPATH guidelines, so in order for our patients to really um, successfully undergo these surgeries, we do uh, again follow these guidelines. So a lot of times it's for insurance purposes, um, but we, again, insurance is kind of follow suit with the WPATH guidelines for the most part. So for any kind of top surgery. Uh, we do require top surgery and bottom, bottom surgery. Uh, I have several people in my life who've had breasts removed because of, of breast cancer. I imagine they have a little bit different uh, thought on removing healthy breast, breast tissue from a, a girl. I've got a little more on this. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. Uh, it, this has to end now. Uh, the, the response from human beings has to be so overwhelming that these institutions immediately cease this. These insurance companies that reimburse for this immediately cease this. This is The Rob Carson Show. SS Titanic is going down, and there's no room on the door for Democrats. It's the Rob Carson Show. Day of judgment, God is calling. Underneath the war pigs crawling. Begging masses for the sin. Satan laughing spreads his wings. I remember when I was uh, in high school and, uh, you know, uh, Rush, the music uh, from the band Rush and, and all this. It was satanic, right? And everybody's like, you're going to be a Satan worshiper. I mean, the church of Satan should be huge for teenage boys like me who listen to Black Sabbath. No, Satan's laughing spreads his wings when when uh, when uh, he sees chaos and destruction and the acceptance of, of evil. I'm not making this about proselytizing. Dear God, I wouldn't be in church, uh, you know, quoting Black Sabbath. But But that's what we're seeing. That's what you're seeing when you when you allow hospitals to chemically castrate boys and mutilate little girls. What about all the people on the on the left? What about all the people who've talked about genital mutilization, uh, genital mutilation, and and uh, and female circumcision around the world? That's what you're doing to our kids, you idiots! My God in heaven, what, what have we become? Are you down with this? 
Are you down with any of this? All of this madness that Joe Biden standing in front of the uh, Independence Hall like, three weeks ago with it bathed in red, saying that there, there's something going on. There's, it's, there, things aren't right. Well, yeah, because you're doing it. And he painted Independence Hall red. Unbelievable. That, that Vanderbilt University has been doing gender transition on children. I heard Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., where I did radiothons for years is doing this. Dear God in heaven, if you are listening from Children's National, please refute this. Because otherwise, my belief in you as an institution goes down the drain. I, I appreciate all of the, the marvelous things that hospitals around this country do with regard to cancer and whatnot. But if you allow this in your practice, then you are standing there right next to Satan spreading his wings. And here, this is a little video from the website, from the, from the, tr- the website for the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt that immediately got taken down, by the way, to hide it from you. It immediately got taken down. This is about gender-affirming hormones that uh, destroy children for life. We can provide gender-affirming hormones on an individual who is on a pubertal blocker depending on whatever kind of blocker they've chosen or we have discussed with them, or they can present to us at a later stage of puberty, and then we provide the gender-affirming hormones. Previously, the Endocrine Society recommended to start these at age 16, but we all know that would be delayed puberty, right? Yeah, once you're at 16 years old, it's too late. Not 16-year-olds don't start puberty. So more recently, they did update that to say as early as 14. Okay. Study published September the 19th, the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy, explained that puberty blockers, also known as luteinizing, hormone-releasing hormone agonists on blah, 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 are not just creating sexless adults. Uh, uh, licensed to chemically castrate men, they are depleting victims' bone density, hampering their cognitive development, and producing a myriad, myriad of deleterious emotional effects. So if you think your kid threatening suicide and saying, I'm going to kill myself unless I change gender, you think that's bad? It's only worse after the surgery. They want to kill themselves even more. In the early days, cross-trex hormones were not uh, introduced until a victim was between ages 16 and 18, and genital mutilation was not performed until the age of 18. However, Peggy Cohen-Kettenis advocated for patients to begin undergoing so-called treatment prior to adulthood. This is the same thing that we have seen with regard to medical experimentation in uh, the worst examples of history in humankind that I think we know we're talking about. Kathy in Stevensville, Maryland, your thoughts, please. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I was thinking to myself, maybe this has, um, maybe Rachel Levine's behind this. I think he he huh. is. Yeah, the yeah. Of the year. I think they were discussing that. Of course. And is he the, um, I'm sorry, she, I'm not sure. No, it's um, a he. He's a he with a wig. He's a he with a wig. Yes, yes. And, and I'm wondering if he is um, the Surgeon General. Is that his position? No, he is. Um, I'll have to look at his exact uh, uh, position. It is not the Surgeon General, um, but okay. he is in. Yeah, but but go ahead. Go ahead with your thought. He's, he's up there, um, and of course, I don't know if he was actually uh, honored with the Woman of the Year. So I'm a little offended, having yeah. been a woman my whole life. Yeah. So She's assistant. Uh, um, he is. He is assistant secretary for Health and Human Services. Well, there you go. I'm sure yep. that he's got his hands all up in us. Oh, I, I have no doubt. Kathy, you got to hold on. You got to hold on. We got a break. Can you hold on? 
All right. Okay. All right. I'll I'll call into your show next time then. All right. Uh, I'll just okay. Thanks. <laughs> Rejected. A little bit more on this. Then we're going to talk about the FBI. Some whistleblowing going on over there, and they're punishing him. By the way, it's on the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. Rage against the machine. There's a movie in the uh, 1950s called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. In the very end, uh, there's a sane individual who has noticed that uh, people were being replaced when they fell asleep. That's one of the uh, conventions of a classic horror movie. They take uh, the place where you're most secure and they make it terrifying. So the only place that you can escape, like for instance, your stress and whatnot, uh, what's going on in your life is to sleep. It is. I mean, it's it's where. But that you know, when you look at um, uh, what was it, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and 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 you you know you have to sleep, and you are so terrified in life of falling asleep because you know you'll fall victim if you fall asleep, but your body cannot stay awake, and then you fall asleep and it's over. That's what happens in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. In the very end, this guy is running. And he's trying to find. He's trying to tell everyone, you've got to stop before this takes over. You've got to stop, and and he's running. And the people who have already become snatched and replaced, they are uh, chasing him. And all of a sudden, the, the police officer who had been replaced, he goes, nah, just let him go. They'll think he's crazy. I've been using that analogy for a while. With regard to uh, transgender surgery for children, I'm no longer the crazy guy. Um, this honestly, and if it takes a talk show host to do this, and I and I did this, I've been started. I started on this a long time ago. Uh, Tucker did a big thing on it last night with Matt Walsh's new story. And if it takes somebody like me to say it, while the medical industry uh, remains silent, then the medical industry had better straighten its arse out. So all I got to tell you, this article I was reading earlier, I believe this is uh, a Breitbart article. Um, for years it was argued, including uh, in the Journal of Homosexuality, which is a fantastic magazine, by the way, uh, that withholding physical medical interventions in most cases of adolescents exhibiting signs of so-called gender dysphoria were more harmful to well-being in both adolescent and adulthood when compared to cases where physical medical interventions were provided. Um, clinicians and uh, activists came uh, to regard natal puberty as a kind of disease, concluding that hormones of either sex can be treated as vectors of disease. So saying that uh, puberty is a disease. And this uh, Rachel um, Levine, who was a middle management fat dude with children until he decided to change genders and then became the woman of the year, uh, he actually said that there is such a thing as a wrong puberty. So I think we know where um, these policies are coming in the HHS. 
among the irreversible side effects of puberty blockers was a halting of critical bodily growth, including that of genitals. Upon the introduction of uh, these uh, 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 hormones to men, the penis would cease to grow and growth would not resume upon terminating treatment. Oprah Winfrey's network broadcast the documentary, I Am Jazz, a family in transition in 2012, detailing how a young boy, Jared Jennings, was placed under puberty suppression at the age of 11, not long after his mother said, you got to nip puberty in the bud. His mother is insane. There you go. Let's talk about the FBI, shall we? Whistleblow at work About the Mar-a-Lago raid And drive the left berserk Whistleblow at work Then cheerfully together We can fire all these jerks That's me whistling and when we sweep the broom We'll spell the deep state's doom Chris Ray, he'll be led away When we lower the boom Whistleblow at work is protecting the big guy. Yeah. Whistle and expose Corruption in the DOJ So everybody knows Whistle really loud You whistleblowers are so brave You make our country proud so, uh, bombshell allegations by FBI Special Agent Steve Friend contained in a whistleblower complaint filed late Wednesday with the Department of Justice Inspector General reveal a politicized Washington, D.C. FBI field office cooking the books to exaggerate the threat of domestic terrorism and using an overzealous January 6th investigation to harass conservative Americans and violate their constitutional rights. This on the heels of rank-and-file FBI agents accusing the Biden administration of exaggerating the threat of white supremacists and pressuring act, uh, act, uh, agents to cook up domestic terrorist cases involving racist extremists, i.e. Merrick Garland going after parents at school board meetings, among other things. Friend is 37, respected 12-year veteran of the FBI and SWAT team member, was suspended Monday, stripped of his gun and his badge, and escorted out of the FBI field office in Daytona, Florida, after complaining to his supervisors about the violations. He was declared absent without leave last month for refusing to participate, listen, in SWAT raids that he believed violated FBI policy and were of a use of excessive force against January 6th subjects accused of misdemeanor offenses. The, this American hero, a father of two small children, has blown up his career because he could not live with the conscious if he continued to be part of what he sees as the unjust persecution of conservative Americans. I have an oath to uphold the Constitution. Uh, he was objecting to the August 24th raid on a January 6th subject in the Jacksonville, Florida area. I have a moral objection and want to be considered a conscientious objector. Friend who did not vote for Donald Trump in 2020 said he told his immediate boss that he believed the raid and the investigative process leading up to it violated FBI policy and the subject's right under the Sixth Amendment to a fair trial and Eighth Amendment right against cruel and unusual punishment. We need to storm the Bastille in Washington, D.C. and free the prisoners. I wish I were kidding. 
Friend lays out multiple violations of FBI policy involving J6 investigations, which he was involved. He was removed from active investigations into child sexual exploitation and human trafficking to work on January 6 cases from D.C. He was told domestic terrorism was a higher priority than child pornography, and as a result, he believes his child exploitation investigations were harmed. Among his uh, in, uh, allegations, the D.C. field office is manipulating FBI case management protocol, farming out J6 cases to field offices across the country to create a false impression that right-wing domestic violence is a widespread national problem. This explains Joe Biden's speech in front of the blood-red Constitution Hall in Philadelphia. FBI domestic terrorism cases being opened on innocent American citizens who were nowhere near the Capitol January the 6th based on anonymous tips to an FBI hotliner from Facebook spying on their messages. The FBI has post, uh, de, uh, post facto designated a grassy area outside of the Capitol as a restricted zone when it was not restricted on January 6, 2021, in order to widen the net of persecutions and prosecutions. The FBI intends to prosecute everyone, even peripherally associated with January 6, and another wave of J6 subjects are about to be referred to the FBI Daytona Beach Residence Agency for investigation and arrest. This is everything that I have said coming true. And you know why I know it? Because I have life experience, common sense, and research. The Jacksonville area was inundated with Guardian notifications, and the FBI agents were dispatched to conduct surveillance and knock on people's doors, including people who had not been in D.C. January the 6th or who had, who had been to the Trump rally that day but did not go inside of the Capitol. Here is Miranda Devine of the New York Post talking about this brave whistleblowing officer who is now being persecuted against the law by the FBI. Well, I learned that Stephen Friend, FBI special agent still serving, who was suspended on Monday, is an American hero. Uh, you know, he had the dream job. He's been with the FBI for 12 years. He's a SWAT team member. But he just could not live with his conscience after he was dragged off these very important child uh, porn, child exploitation, human trafficking investigations. Which, by the way, is going on wholesale across the border. And there are some, uh, some allegations that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop had some underage people involved. He was working on and put on these really bogus January 6 cases that just served to, uh, I guess, back up the rhetoric that we're hearing from the White House that domestic terrorism is the, the worst uh, threat to America. Um, since yeah, white supremacy is uh, almost non-existent. It always has been, unless you're considering Democrats who created the KKK and are the party of slavery and Jim Crow. It's the Civil War. And so uh, he could see from on the ground how the FBI Washington field office was manipulating these cases. You see why Joe Biden and the FBI and Merrick Garland started saying uh, absurd things about white supremacists in the country being the biggest threat. You see, that was the setup. And then it segued into Trump supporters, which I said it was going to do, and now it's blatantly obvious. ...to try and uh, expand and pretend that the, the problem was bigger than it was. And he also uh, didn't want to participate in SWAT raids on um, people who had just uh, were being, you know, accused of misdemeanors at worst. Now, in his whistleblower complaint, Friend describes reprisals from his supervisors after he voices conscientious objections. Uh, he says they 
ignored his complaint about manipulative case file practice, creates false and misleading crime statistics. Oh, by the way, this ends up with innocent people being in jail. This happened during the French Revolution. I believe they opened up the Bastille. And uh, heads rolled. Uh, innocent American citizens. And, uh, you know, it, they were being told to investigate people who hadn't even gone to Washington, D.C. that day in one case. This is why I say that uh, January 6th was the Reichstag. It was the Democrats' Reichstag. They know they stole the bloody election. They knew they were to protest, and they wanted to uh, put pin the blame on the opposing party, just like old Hitler did to the Reichstag. A man had been at his son's funeral that day, uh, yet he had FBI agents. Hold on, let's hear that again. A guy was at his kid's funeral. And he was raided by the FBI, saying that he was at January the 6th. Uh, innocent American citizens, and, uh, you know, it, they were being told to investigate people who hadn't even gone to Washington, D.C. that day. In one case, a man had been at his son's funeral that day, uh, yet he had FBI agents knocking on his door. People were being surveilled. Um, this is just such an abuse of their civil rights. And Steve Friend stood up and said, I will not do this. He did everything the right way. He complained to his uh, all his super Supervisors. He told them what FBI rules were being violated and what policies were not being followed and what constitutional rights of American citizens were being abused. And he was ignored. He was threatened. And he's now, this afternoon, filed a whistleblower complaint with the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz. Um, and he's also been talking to Senator Chuck Grasley and some of the Republicans uh, about his complaints. And he um, is there. You see his photograph online, 37-year-old man, father of two young children. Uh, it took a lot of courage to do this at great risk to himself and uh, blowing up a career he loved. Now, the uh, supervisory senior resident agent, Greg Frederico, told him of his whistleblowing complaint that he'd be better off just to call in sick rather than voice his objection and threaten reprisal indirectly by asking how long he saw himself continuing to work for the FBI. Four days later, Friend was summoned to Jacksonville to meet his next level bosses, uh, assistant special agents in charge. Uh, Colt Markowski and Sean Ryan about his refusal to join the SWAT raid. He told him about his concerns over the irregular case handling of J6 matters that he believed were in violation of a legal rule known as uh, Brady that requires prosecutors to disclose evidence that would exonerate a defendant. They asked if he believed that any J6 rioters committed crimes and he replied, some of the people who entered the Capitol committed crimes but others were innocent. I elaborated that I believe some innocent individuals had been unjustly prosecuted, convicted, and sentenced. Markovsky uh, then asked Friend if J6 rioters who killed police officers should be prosecuted even though no such thing happened. It didn't happen. When Friend pointed out that no police officers were killed on January the 6th, Markovsky told him he was being a bad teammate. Figuratively blow up the FBI, reinvent it, fire everyone uh, in charge who precipitated this nonsense. When we're done firing them, indict them, prosecute them, arrest them, jail them, put them in the January 6th Bastille in solitary confinement for a couple years, just like they did the January 6th protesters. That's just a start. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Recent white supremacist attacks have reminded minority communities across the country of a dark history we have not yet escaped. We have witnessed far too many other acts 
of domestic terrorism. We are terrorism. We've got to get rid of terriers. At an important crossroads in this country, with white supremacy on the rise and violent extremists fueling each other's bigotry and hate, we're seeing an alarming increase in domestic terrorism fueled by this hatred. That is such a giant load of bleeping bleep that it's uh, beyond imagination. Do you know any white supremacists? I mean, serious. Does anybody know any white supremacists? Did it ever really catch on? No. It's all a freaking lie. It's all Stalinistic. It's all going after your political opponents by branding them something they aren't. And it, I mean, we are in dangerous territory here when the President of the United States can say so while painting a sacred place with regard to the founding of America in blood red. And here's our dear leader, our dear leader talking about white supremacy, which isn't anywhere. And white supremacists will not have the last word. And this venom and violence cannot be... Uh, name one single act, anything at all, anything at all. Name one single white supremacist act by a Trump supporter at all. January 6th! No, that was a setup. Let's talk about after and before. Anything. No, because Trump supporters go to rallies, they make it they, the place cleaner. They never wear uh, uh, flak jackets and helmets, and they never throw frozen urine bottles and bring grappling hooks like the outside groups did on January the 6th. This is all such BS. It is also very, very obvious, and hell will eventually be paid by those who perpetrated it upon us. Let's go to uh, Vinny in uh, Dutchess County, New York. Vinny, my brother, how are you today? Go ahead. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm glorious. Listen, just just when I thought I couldn't love you anymore, you come up with the Black Sabbath analogy. (laughs) It is so spot on. Because all you can say is evil. Yeah, yeah. When when, when Satan Satan looks, now when Satan looks, if you know, you believe in Satan. If you see Satan and you look at transgendering children, the open border, fentanyl coming across the border, sexualization of our children, uh, when you look at the FBI using as a pit, uh, as a weapon, don't you suppose he'd be laughing and spreading his wings? Absolutely, he's rejoicing. I mean, yeah, man. you know, when when things don't make sense, there's always something very dark behind it, you know. And so that's it's. I I'm listening. I listen to the radio every day. I can't believe what the hell I'm listening to. <laughs> I know, bro. Well, you know what, Vinny? We're going to get through this. You know why? Because we, because good wins. Otherwise, Hitler's great nephew would be in charge of Nazi Germany in 2022. Yeah, uh, the Soviet approach, Union, but still approach, around. Rob, your it, approach is, is far above everybody else I've listened to over the years because you're making you. fun of these people, and that's what needs to be done. To be, well, listen, to, you, we, we've got it. We, they are. We've got to dis- we've got to disarm people with humor, and then we've got to fight back uh, with MMA fighting rules. No more of this Marcus of Queensbury nonsense. It's time to fight back against the things that are legitimately evil. And you can you can yell big lie, and you can yell misinformation and disinformation all you want, but uh, in the end, we're going to kick your ass. Honestly, we're going to kick your ass. Uh, I'm just done messing around, Vinny, and I know you are, and I know that millions of people around the country are. Vinny, God bless you, bro. Have a glorious day, okay? And spread the word. Let's come back and uh, wrap up the show today right after this. It's the Rob Carson Show. That is going to do it for the show today, guys, and my producer Ken says it's the best show we've ever done. So, if I would, uh, if you get the chance, check out the podcast. Go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Share it with others. We're going to win. This is an epic show. 
It's going to make a difference. People are going to be talking about it. God bless you and your family, the unboard, our military first responders, and you. And until tomorrow, don't catch a stupid.